0: BAM! On this episode of the podcast, fourteen fourth and 5th graders are now young authors. Wait till you hear the book that these kids came up with. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the After the Bell Rings podcast. Of course, I am your host. There's a lot of echo in this room. Um, I'm in the kitchen inside the YMCA where I do most of my programming. So I took a few few minutes. Away from the desk, away from answering emails and planning and doing budgets and all of that, to um, really keep you, really celebrate. Actually, uh, really celebrate the my young authors camp. Yesterday, I finished after six sessions. Imagine teaching fourteen or fifteen. We started out with fifteen, but imagine teaching fourteen fourth and fifth graders. How to write their own book in six sessions. The summer camp that they were a part of is only six weeks long. And I went in every, like either every Monday or Tuesday, depending on what they had going on, um, to teach them how to how to put together this book. And of course, six hours and imagine corralling. A bunch of fourth and fifth graders who just came off um, lunch or recess or some active activity to calm them down and actually get them to focus, actually get them to, I want to say, right. But look, you know what? Here's how we did it or here's how here's how I did it. It was was definitely not easy. Uh, Check this out. So in six days, this is essentially how I did it. It's my first time doing it, but I wanted to have so the the outline, the structure that I had was and I'm doing this kind of off the top of my head. Um, and I'm not going to tell you the full story because I literally be on this podcast for hours uh, just telling you all the stories and thoughts that I had. But I'll try to keep it as as concise and valuable as I possibly go. The structure that I had was on day one um, introductions, I'd introduce myself, they'd introduce themselves, and we just kind of get to know each other. Because if you're going to have a um, a team exercise, I feel like it's important to build that relationship initially um, for me to really get to know what their, um, what their level of, of interest or aptitude is because <laughs> – In this particular setting, I don't know how they got there. They weren't selected. They were, well, they weren't selected by me, but they were just kind of, um, so they were, they were given, essentially. They were given to me. So I wanted to, so with me not knowing them and them not knowing me, I wanted to give give enough time to have introductions so that was the first day and on the first day I asked them how many of you like to write there's 15 15 kids in the class I said how many of you like to write and I can name like on a scale of one to five with five being the most and of course with one being the least I said how much do you like to write and probably a third of them said they actually like to write it was one kid who said he hated writing, hated it. I said, so what What numerical value would you give? He said negative zero. It's like, dude, negative zero does not exist. I said, okay then, zero. So, okay, I mean, I didn't have any problem with that. Like, I like the honesty. So I only had very few kids who actually liked to write. So in my head, I said, I took the kids who liked to write and I said, "Okay, you're going to be my editors. So essentially what we did was I broke them into groups. There's 15 of them. I broke them into three groups of five. And I said, use your imaginations to tell a story. Now, the title of our book is going to be the best summer ever. Because that was the theme of the camp. The best summer ever, or the maybe not the theme, but the the tagline of the of the camp that the YMCA put on. So that's going to be the title of our book. I told them the best summer ever, and they were to put together, get together in their groups, to put together a story that described their ideal summer, the best summer ever. So what I would do is once they once they got all the details together i had them do um decide on a setting i had them decide on characters um a plot like what would happen and also the theme of the story i always want them to come away the, them to come away with a theme and the readers to come away with something so um, setting characters plot and a theme With fourth and fifth graders, or with with kids anyway, it's best. And I learned this because I was I just kind of assumed that they could put together a story because I was used to working with with teenagers who were very imaginative and could easily put together a story. So I, yes, so I. made that incorrect assumption about them. So what ended up happening was um, one of the, the camp director on a subsequent day, she, I told her what the assignment was and and she said, okay, I can make, I'll make up something off the the top of my head just to use as an example. So from there, the kids said, oh, okay, we can, we can do this. We have an idea. I helped out some of them and I started it off. And the way we did it was when like, I would start it off and then the next person would kind of pick up. Like it was that next person's responsibility. They could use whatever imagination they wanted to, whatever imagination they wanted to, whatever. However, they wanted to change the con- the context of the story was up to them. Nobody else could could say anything. Oh, no. Why'd you do that? That was wrong. Why? I I wanted to do this. Why'd you go ahead and do that? Look, it is their responsibility. They can do whatever they want with their portion of the story. So that just kind of allowed them to respect, respect each other's uh, wishes and imaginations and storytelling ability. From there, Man, these stories took all kinds of twists and turns, and it was really amazing to see how, how their personal lives and pers- yeah, personal lives and personal experiences and things that they like to do and places they like to, to shop and friends, how that all played a role in the story. So that was that's what happened the first couple of days. Oh, so on on the third day, we trans. I took no on the second day, going back a little bit on the second day, I recorded their stories. At the end of the class period, or at the end of that hour, I recorded their stories and I went to. Rev.com, Rev.com, I went to Rev.com and submitted the stories that they told. Had them transcribe it, had the uh, the website transcribed. And it's only a dollar a minute, so I didn't invest that much. Most of the stories were like three or four minutes. Didn't take us that long. So once Rev.com sent me the transcriptions, on the next day, I gave it to them and said, okay, this is the story that you guys told me. I had them tr- had rev.com uh, transcribe it. And these are the stories that you guys uh, told. So I had the people who said initially, like on the first day, the people who said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I like to write. Those people were given the um, were given the transcription and they edited them. And actually did a really good job doing it, too. So they edited and others. We're going to do illustrations based on the story that their group members told one girl put together a, a one girl drew a picture of a a girl in a camp uh, in a campfire or at a campfire setting yeah that's going in a book and others did did the same they drew pictures of the scenes that they remembered from their book Now, naturally, with some kids being editors, some kids being illustrators, that's going to leave a big chunk of kids out. They had nothing to do. So based on what they did like to do, I just allowed them to use their their abilities and the things that they like to do to contribute to the group, to contribute to the book, contribute to the story. One kid honestly didn't know what he wanted to do. He had no idea what he wanted to do. Didn't know what he was good at. But I said, you know what? Anybody can operate a camera. All these kids like to use technology and phones and apps and all of that other other kind of stuff. So I gave him the task of being our photographer. So his job was to take pictures of his classmates in action, whether they were. Drawing a scene from uh, from the story, or whether they were editing, whatever, any any action that he could get, his job was to um, was to uh. What am I trying to His job was to take a picture, and we didn't have a camera, so he used my phone. But what I did is just to. Just so you wouldn't go snooping or anything. Good kid, but, you know, people get curious. So what I did was in in my phone, I don't know if all phones do this. I just know my phone does it. But you can have, just like a computer, you can have different um, different accounts. So I switched to a guest account, which if any of my kids need to use, mm-hmm. um, use the phone or use the phone to call their parents mm-hmm. Or um, maybe take a picture for the group, I use that guest account and it isolates uh, just the activity in that account so it doesn't bleed over into my personal uh, my personal things or anything. So this kid, my photographer, used that guest account. But he did a really good job of putting all of the group members or corralling all of the group members to take a picture so if you get a chance to to read the book, again, it'll be it'll be ready very soon um, in the next couple of days after I'm recording this podcast. It'll be very soon. Um, go to Amazon and search the best summer ever. The best summer ever. Short stories from the imaginations of preteens. Um, and you'll see the, the cover looks like a, a sheet of lined paper with a plus at the top. So that's the book that, that they put together. But this kid did a really good job of putting the the group members uh, in pictures and like really uh, organizing them and say, all right, all right, wait a minute, you're shorter, you move over this way or you're taller, you, you're in the back because we want to see everybody else. Like he did a really good job being a photographer. I don't know if his parents are photographers or his uncle or anybody, but he did a really good job um, of Doing his role, even though he was not a he was not an editor, didn't write very well, uh, didn't draw very well. Look, he. He was a role player and he played his role very well. And for that, I am extremely proud of him uh, because he did his job to the best of his ability and it turned out very well. Other kids who didn't know what they wanted to do, they became like my formatters, So they would. They would do the table of content and I don't even know if formatting is the right word, but it for them, for them, they like the, they like the word. And I did too. But whatever formatting is and they did a really good job of doing it. So they put together the table of contents. And they also documented their classmates roles. So, for example, Mike. Uh, would be the illustrator. And they went around the room and said, hey, Mike, what, what are you doing? What were you? Um, Mike would say, hey, I was an illustrator. And they would document that. So they went to all of their classmates and uh, gave their name and their role in their particular story. Again, awesome job doing doing that. Really responsible couple of, couple of kids. Now, with it being a lot of kids, let's not, I don't want to paint this picture that it was perfect, that it was a that everything was all roses no it was not so with with some or with a lot of with a lot of kids they're i mean it, it's typical i went through it most of you have probably gone through it where you have kids who are probably not as focused as everybody else and they see everybody else's focus but they and they're there may be a little bit of of jealousy so they try to distract everybody and there were probably a handful of incidents where those kids chose to be a dis- a dis- a <laughs> say a distraction. A di- those kids chose to be a distraction amongst the group, so that was kind of a setback. so things didn't go as smoothly as possible. In the future, what I'll do is I have to do a better job of saying, look, these are the expectations. these are the rules. This is what we are up against. This is the task. This is our goal. If I feel you are a detriment to that goal, you can't be a part of the journey. So I want to instill that accountability and allow them to know upfront what they are being asked to do and what they are expected to do. So that there's no no mistake. No mistake, no dispute, but I, I didn't do that effectively enough. So a couple kids, they got left behind and they were, they were a distraction to to the rest of the group, which caused a couple bumps in the road. Um, So in the future, I think, look, I'll just say, Nope, can't do it. You have to, you have to go. Or what I'll do is I'll, I'll talk to the person in charge, whether it's a teacher or a principal or whoever or group leader or whatever, and say, "Look, this is what I I want to do. Um, I want to show class how to write a book. I've done this before. This is this is the proof. I Actually, give them a hard copy because uh, when we do it through Amazon, I'm going to purchase a a paperback copy to show other teachers and principals. Look, this is this is what I want to do. I want to create this same concept with your kids." So they can either set aside a select group of kids or they can be an additional voice of accountability to say, look, this is this is what we want to do. Make sure you're on board. Get get with it. Sorry, get with it or get lost. But. I think in in the future, that's the, the step that I'll take. But in this particular case with these kids it was even with those setbacks, like we still had still had a good time. And I was really surprised at how well they, like once some of those kids were not in the classroom, how well everything came together, how, uh, how their attitudes changed, how they were more willing to, to participate and ask questions and what, it's crazy. Once I pulled out my computer and said and taught them, How to create an account in Amazon and how to document all of the author's names and illustrators and editors and all the people associated with the project. How to assign them their roles, Um, how to get them to upload the the manuscript, Um, how to put a price on their picture. So if they wanted to do a book in the future, of course, ask ask your parents, ask mom and dad, whoever. Your guardian is in the household. Ask ask them if you can put together, if they can help you put together an Amazon account. Uh, write your book and then you can charge for it. You can tell all your friends, hey, I wrote this book. It may be a comic book. It may be a storybook. But I taught them how to make money, essentially, with their book. How to have fun and how to be profitable in that, in that fun journey. So now they know how to make. Now they know how to write a book and how to make money from that book. But once I pulled out the computer, everybody, man, everybody gathered around. Like, ooh, 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 ooh I want to type this. I want to type this because on the on the very last day, I still wasn't done cleaning up the book. Uh, now, granted, six hours is definitely not enough. There was a lot of there were a lot of things that I did at home. A lot of things I did at home. Uh, I did the cover at home, which was just which is not too much work. I I use Canva for a lot of my graphics and this and uh, this book title or and this book cover. I just used the the template in Canva and just kind of switched around a couple things and created it. It was really simple. Uh, and then amazon the if you go to the Kindle direct publishing site it's it's really easy uh they have a lot of different resources that independent authors can use everything from designing a cover through their site, which I didn't do because I use canva uh everything from designing a cover through their site to giving you the free download to make your, uh, make your Kindle book like clickable. For example, if you click, if you're on the page where it says table of contents, you can click on chapter one and it'll take you directly to chapter one. Uh, so those resources that Kindle direct publishing from Amazon offers is very, very helpful in just giving you one It makes it easier and it provides a professional experience, uh, for your readers. So you're not just some looky loo on the street just putting stuff together. You actually have some some skin in the game and it looks like it. So I did the the book cover at home. I did something else I did at home. Um and I did a lot of the out of the formatting at home. Um and I I just did it through what's the name of that site? Um Google Docs. Which is not the easiest to use, but easy enough. It got the job done. So just a quick tidbit. If you you can definitely do there's no limit to the number of pages that you can do through your Amazon account. Um, If you do a Kindle Kindle book. But if you want to create a paperback. There's a limit of 24 pages that you have to have. So in your in your Amazon account, in your Kindle Direct Publishing, I'll call it KDP, in your KDP account, there is there's a link to uh, do a Kindle version, and there's also a link like right next to it to create a paperback version. You can upload; it's almost the same process, um, but with the paperback version, you're choosing color, uh, like the color of the pages you're choosing. If you want your cover to be uh, matte or it's glossy. I just like the glossy feel. I'm not a matte kind of guy. But it also you can also upload your your manuscript the same way. And you can also upload it the same way, but it'll tell you, look, if it's under 24 pages, I can't do it. Ours was 20 pages. So now I have to figure out four extra pages to kind of pad the book and make it into a paperback uh, version. So that's not too much of a challenge. I have decent number of pictures. So on those two on those last four pages, I put pictures. So that is kind of the the gist of, of the camp. Very shortened version. Um, so as a as a thank you for all of their participation, I gave them wristbands that from from my own personal collection. Uh, and I have both black and purple wristbands because that's the color of my brand, black and purple or violet or whatever. But it says never let them steal your future. And then it has www.whostolemyfuture.com uh, embossed on the inside. Uh, <clears throat> but with the outside saying never let them steal your future, I had to let them know. Like, of course, a lot of kids just say, ooh, "Ooh, I just want a wristband. But I had to let them know that, like the meaning behind the wristband. The one thing I wanted them to know and come away with was the meaning of the word them that's on the wristbands. Never let them steal your future. Them can be a lot of people. But my message to them, (laughs) to the kids, was them can also be you. Yeah, them can be Your friends, them can be social media, them can be family members, them can either be your parents, they can be your uncle, they can be the people in your family, but at the base level, them can be you, them is you. You can steal your own future uh, by not being accountable for your own actions, not being responsible Uh, Not having integrity. And integrity was a big word that I used with them. Integrity meaning be honest. One, be honest with yourself and be honest with others. So without further ado, I bring to you the best summer ever. Short stories from the imaginations of preteens. We our group went to Velocity. Um So Tom and Olympia are brother and sister. Tom is the oldest. Tom is 12 and Olympia is 11. Tom and Olympia their favorite Place on Earth to go is Adventureland. So they said they asked their mom if they could go to Adventureland. Mom said, "Uh uh-uh, uh, you can't go to Adventureland." They said, "Why?" Mom said, "Because y'all can't swim." They said. So can we go to Velocity? Mom says, sure, you guys can go to Velocity. So mom takes Tom and Olympia to Velocity. They are so, so excited to go to Velocity. They haven't been there in years. Velocity had new features. They had new attractions, they have a new snack bar, they have a lot of great things that they have now that they didn't have the last time they went. Tom and Olympia were so excited to go that Tom ran towards the door bloop, trip, and busted his face on the floor in front of Velocity.
1: And he went to the ER and while he was at the ER, he got his lips and stuff. And then they went back to Velocity with his, with his friends. And then one day at Velocity, um, his sister fell on her head. After that, um, they, <laughs> they said it was too dangerous to be at Velocity. And they went camping, Mm -hmm. and then they did a fire pit, and And they went back to Velocity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They went back to Velocity because their mom got their hair on fire from the campfire, so they said which one would be dangerous, sir, and they picked the campfire, so they went back to Velocity, and they played around and jumped around. And then, um, right after they went to Velocity, they went to go to, to eat at Burger King, and then, once they finished eating at Burger King, they went back at Velocity. Do not one I and when they went back to velocity they tried finishing the escape room and then that's when olympia had um fell from um tripped over something and then she had got a scar on her arm so then um tom helped her up and then they, after they finished escaping the room they went back outside velocity and then they Told their parents they pretend that it was um, really fun, and then the next day when
0: their parents asked them if
1: they want to go to last City again, they said no. The end. What So our setting is the
0: mall, and our two characters are
1: Shania, Shania. and
0: Renai, and the theme of our story is. Find a way to
1: get
0: along. Find a way to get along. Find a way to get along. Shania calls Rania. Hey, girl, what you doing? Oh man, I ain't doing nothing. I'm just sitting over here bored. What you doing, girl? I'm over here watching TV. But check this out. I just got paid. I got $500 in my pocket. I'm trying to go to the mall. What's up? Ooh, girl, let me go with you. It's it's these new shoes that I saw online that I really want to get, but I don't have any money. Bet. Girl, I got you. We down like four flat tires. (laughs) Oh, girl, thank you. I can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. Ooh, I know exactly the shoes I want to get. But who's gonna take us? Bet.
1: <laughs>
0: who's gonna take us? Hmm. Well, my uncle is sitting downstairs. He's just watching movies. He ain't really doing nothing. So I can get him to take us to the mall. Bet. So Shana- Shania's uncle goes and takes the girls to the mall. The first place they go to is...
1: Justice. Justice. When Shania and Renaya enter justice, they try on shirts. Renaya tries on one of the shirts, but turns out there was a rip in one of them. So they went to the front desk and asked the cashier if they could pay for the shirt. But turns out the cashier overpriced the shirt. So, the cashier made sure, like, oh, made sure they paid, paid extra. Once they had paid extra, they went to the next store, which was the Nike store. And when we went to the Nike store, I bought Renaya um, the shoes that she wanted. And then when we was getting ready to leave and stuff, she we stopped by this place to get an ice cream. And then uh, we left the store. And then I caught up Raniyah again and asked her, did she wanna go again next weekend? And she said, yeah. And we hung up.
0: The end. The end.
1: So the best summer we ever had was when all of my fourth grade class went to Adventure Landing. And then after that, we saw Miranda and Kendall. And we saw them sliding down the slide. And it was so funny how they were bumping into each other. And then after that, we saw the city girls and went to their concert. And then after that, we went to go get some ice cream. And then the teacher said, and then... We, everybody got a ticket to get ice cream, except for Miranda and Kendall, because it was only for AB honor roll students, but they didn't have AB honor roll. So then, so then the other students agreed to share with them because they were sad. And then after that, we went back to the school and that's it. The end. All
0: right, what is the, what are two main characters?
1: Um, the two main characters are Miranda and Kendall.
0: Okay. The setting.
1: The setting is Adventure Landing.
0: And the theme.
1: The theme is to always be, to always be there when your friends need. You.
0: Always be there when your friends need. You. Good job. Good job. Good job. So thank you so so much for listening to my journey. Thank you so so much for listening to. The imaginative stories of these preteens, these fourth and fifth graders, what I want you to do right now is this book is now live. It is now live on Amazon. Search the Best Summer ever." and you'll you should see a cover that looks like lined paper with a plus at the top. Uh, so the title of the the full title of the book is "The Best Summer Ever: Short Stories from the Imaginations of Preteens." It would mean the world to me. It would mean the world to these kids. Uh, If you just went on Kindle and purchased a copy, it's only $2.99. So if you would purchase purchase a copy, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. The kids would greatly appreciate it. Again, The Best Summer Ever, short stories from the imaginations of preteens. Go get yourself a copy.